The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode number 76 of the MX Vice Show podcast, the number one podcast for MXGP discussion, European goings-on, and just general MXGP stuff. Uh, there was no MXGP round this past weekend. We were meant to be in Latvia, but that obviously got pushed back to August. So weekend off, a rare weekend off, but that's a good thing because that means the podcast can be a little more relaxed, a little more chatty, and not as a victim to the results, which is obviously a bit of a problem at the moment because there's so much going on at every single MXGP round. But a bit of a different show today, so that'll be nice for everyone. The MXY show is, as always, presented by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. Lots of stuff coming up. Armour You Smarter Than a Birth, the fan favourite, as it Seems to be. Uh, Blenzel performance of the week. We'll see how the predictions went from the previous week. Liat, ask Vice anything. Some good, interesting questions this week. And the Planet Moto bombshell of the week, which I actually have no idea what that'll be. So that'll be a nice surprise for everyone. Uh, part one of the MX Vice show is presented by Fly Racing and the fine folks over there. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Fly Racing Formula Helmet has changed the game. And that is a fact for you all. With me this week, as always, he is a man <laughs> who could be described in many ways. Uh, it's James Burfield. How's it going, James? It's going very, very well, Lewis Phillips. Nice to be here. Nice to chat to you. How are you, more oh, importantly? I'm good. No one's asked me that since I started hosting, so it's nice for someone to check in. Uh, and also, secondary co-host for the fourth week in a row something like that it's becoming a regular thing uh, it's tom neil how's it going tom hello we're good yeah i think i think it is fourth now um coming quite a quite a staple on the show look at that highlight of your life obviously nothing <laughs> really happened uh this past weekend but how was your weekend james actually how just how was your life uh well actually Took a, a step back, had a family uh, weekend. It was my daughter's 21st birthday today, so uh, congrats to Thea Burfield. Uh, little legend that she is, tackling life with autism. So, uh, so yeah, weekend was good. Um, went to Centre Parks, everyone's happy. So um, we'll take that as a win all round in the Burfield household. And how was Centre Parks? Is it a nice place? Well, it's very weird for those people listening. Uh, you know, you usually go to sort of Centre Parks and you can sort of just 
willy-nilly go around in, in, in all sorts of stuff. Uh, you have to like book swimming and book shit, which um, is a little bit uh, a, a bit of a nightmare for someone like me who's very unorganized. So um, That's just a good point. I can imagine, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that being quite a hurdle. <laughs> Luckily, with everything in, in life, my wife does a lot of the organizing stuff. So I just turn up. But um, yeah, whereas before you could just like go swim in and, and do what you want. You have to like, you, you've got like a, you know, a two hour booking thing. And obviously you can't just go swimming every day unless you sort of booked months ago because it is what it is. So yeah, I think I'm just like a lot of people just looking forward to getting back to some sort of normality where, um, where, where we had it very, very good before. But yeah, it was a nice weekend and uh, just good to spend some time with the family. How was your weekend, Tom? Get up so much? Uh, yeah, we had to turn like the motocross brain off and uh, try and get involved in football. Didn't really with, with England being in the Euros final, it's quite like a a big thing, I suppose. So everyone was behind that and a bit of a party weekend, something different. So yeah, other than that, not not a lot of riding went down or anything like that. I'm sure. I, I know. I, I can read James's mind right now. James, <laughs> would you like to ask me about the football? I'm guessing that's what's on your mind. <laughs> Well, uh, the fact that I uh, I put on Twitter basically, uh, Lewis, who's going to be uh, in in your team for for England, and your mum just laughed out loud with a Twitter reply was all I needed. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Yeah, but it's fine. I see we do. I well. think actually, Dougie the dog knows more about football than you do. I know, I know enough. I can, I can bullshit my way through a conversation about it. I'll make you believe I know a lot. I just don't care. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, I generally don't think you can. Well, maybe that. Maybe that's a new segment coming up. Yeah. So, yeah, great job to the football. Well done. So. Obviously, no GP this past weekend, but GPs were a hot topic uh, because Oss was in danger, a significant danger, I would say. I'm actually surprised it is going ahead, but it will run uh, this weekend. Basically, the Netherlands released uh, new restrictions on Friday evening, which basically just put a lock on public or sports events or just general events that are outdoors. And the two biggest rules that had an impact on MXGP were fans or spectators or whatever you want to call them at each event. Um, have to have an assigned seat that is 1.5 meters apart. Obviously, motocross doesn't have seats. So problem number one. But I'd already heard on Friday evening that the organizer was trying to source 6,000 chairs. So that was, I guess, <laughs> although that was a problem, there was a solution to that problem. So at least like, there's a clear solution. Um, and the other thing was uh, events are not allowed to be any longer than one day, which, to be honest, I had absolutely no idea how the hell they were going to get around that. I'd heard that the organizer was trying to argue that EMX is one day event and MXGP is, a, is its own one day event. So they're completely separate things, which I mean, is, I guess it's true, but I just didn't think that was going to fly because um, I also heard that apparently on Saturday, I forget the name of it, but there was supposed to be a big music festival in the Netherlands, something like quite a big one, apparently. Like, apparently, it's well known in the Netherlands. It was meant to begin on Saturday morning and it got cancelled after the press conference on Friday evening. So that obviously made me believe that MXGP didn't stand a chance. But it's running, it's happening. Uh, round four will go off this weekend. Uh, did you follow all of this going on, James? Uh, yes, I did. I've been uh, sharing your updates, uh, believe it or not. So uh, I, yeah, it's, it's been uh, an interesting situation from, from the get-go, but I'm glad that they've managed to get something resolved. It might not be to everybody's, you know, 
you know, what they want, but at least a compromise was sought. I've got to, um, another rule for the weekend is I've got to go to a Dutch pharmacy and buy a certain type of COVID test. And then everyone has to do a COVID test each day, but like off their own back from a pharmacy. So stay tuned for my experience of um, how that's going to go because I don't really know what I'm doing. But we will see. Sounds we will find out. like a great money spinner, that one. Um, I'd imagine it'll be quite cheap. In my head, I'm thinking it'll be like £10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it can't be more than that. It can't be more than that. Maybe I'll just watch EMX from the hotel. <laughs> if it is. No, but uh, going into us. Let's start with this, actually. I wasn't going to do this, but this could be interesting. Uh, James, MXGP of the Netherlands coming up round four. What's the number one thing that you're looking forward to seeing? Hmm. Like, what's on your mind going in? Like, what's, what are you like, okay, let, like, I want to see what happens with... I think I, think I might sh- have a sentiment which is shared by a lot of people with... Uh, we've seen glimpses of Herlin's kind of like you know, being careful first couple of rounds and then kind of like then deciding just to throw it down. I, I think the interesting thing is, is to understand where he is and where his head's at. So if he's going to go into Oss and absolutely obliterate everybody or Geyser, who we know has done very well in Sand before, um, impresses and beats Herlins. I think... Uh, uh, maybe other people aren't looking at this, but I've I got a feeling that quite a few people are, are kind of looking at that, ba- that battle and seeing who's going to come out on top. What do you think? Um, uh, first of all, Tom, same question to you. What's your most looking forward to thing? And then we'll talk about them both. Yeah, uh, I sort of mirror James's. I think it's interesting to see what Hurlings does. Um, but I think I'll go something different with this. I think it's interesting for me to see where Vial's at to see if the injury's healed, to try and give some life back to the start of the MX2, to have like a staple name in there again. Um, yeah, just like it was it was interesting to see that he couldn't even do practice in, in Matley, and then he he tried again in, in Italy and got a bit bit better, but uh, will he be able to make it through the motos and will he be able to make it, like, or, like keep himself in the championship? That, those, both, both of those would have been mine, but I would go for number one, the Hurlins thing, uh, mainly because Obviously, guys that leads the championship by six points at the moment. So depending on what Hurlins does this weekend, there's a good chance that a red plate could change hands for the first time since Russia. And I think that's significant when you're talking about when you're talking about two riders who I really think feed off of momentum. Like I think you could say that both Hurlings and Geyser, when things are going well, they build momentum to a point where they are actually quite unstoppable. So I think so this weekend could be a turning point for one of them in a positive way but also a turning point in a momentum-sucked-away uh, in another way. But, James, you mentioned Geyser. What, so you're not slam-dunking a Hurlins win this weekend? Well, just because of the form uh, Geyser in, uh, was in at the start of the year, uh, and also what we've seen him, him doing previous, you know, like last year in Sands. So, I think it's going to be interesting uh, on that aspect just because it will be you know because Hurlins came out and in kind of turned around and said yeah well it's, it's going to be a, a nice run now he kind of came out and said that with tracks that suit him but I think you, you said in previous episodes and I agree that uh, Tim's not just a hard pack rider now he's 
he's a very, very good sound writer. And we've seen that at sort of Lumble last year. I'll add a third one in the mix that I've just thought of, kind of relevant to the Hurlings Geyser discussion. Not been talked about because, once again, just very underrated and very quiet at the moment. Very interesting to see what Prado does this weekend. He's good in the sand. He's, he, I would say that he prefers the sand over hard pack. There's been a weekend off, so that's a bit of a reset button. Like That's good when things maybe aren't flowing as they should be. So interesting to see if he comes out this weekend and at least puts it on the podium because, Tom, then maybe you don't agree, but I think that one of the sneaky, underrated, most surprising things from the first three rounds is that Prado has zero podiums. Yeah, I think uh, we've seen like a weird trend anyway. He's been going 2-7 and then 2-7 again in the motos. I think uh, it's maybe the, the weekend for him to put two motos together and uh, get on the box for the first time this year. He could win, no? Like, Tom, no? Like, I, he's, like, I, I feel like we're all just dead on the Prado hype. It's just a little bit slow, isn't it? The, the hype sort of, sort of slowed down a little bit and it's moved from... Tim was sort of dominating like the, all the headlines to start with, and then now it's. I feel like the sh- it's shifted onto Jeffrey a little bit, where Prado sort of hasn't had his time, um, and he hasn't showed. Well, he showed a bit of speed, and he showed like some good results in Moto Ones, but uh, the second Motos is just a little bit like he just hasn't got enough yet to put two together. So I don't think that can uh, result in an overall straight away. I think I think he needs to get on the podium first. Here we go then. Question for both of you. James, you can go first. Okay. Uh, so guys, Elite Championship, 124 points. Prado is fifth with 97 points, which is a difference of... <laughs> please hold. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, 27 points. That's a difference Woo-hoo. of 27 points. <laughs> 27 points is nothing. There's a lot of rounds to go. Obviously, we don't know how many. <laughs> <laughs> there are races to go, though. I um, hope. <laughs> um, are you are you at a stage where you're like writing Prado off for the title? Are you at the stage where you're like it's fine, but he needs to get going? Or are you at a stage where it's like it's so early? Who cares? It's fine. He's in like it's fine. Yeah, I think I think at the moment it's fine. It's twenty seven points, and we've seen how quickly. Uh, 27 points can be turned around to just, you know, a, a DNF. Look at, look at Karodi crashing out. Uh, was that, was that Russia or was that? Uh, Russia. Yeah, it was Russia, yeah. Um, and, you know, in, 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 we were talking about how Karodi has kind of turned it around and in, in, is back in the mix. So, uh, yeah, too, too early to say. However, I'm, I'm hoping, obviously, I think for, for us listening in the, in the UK, um, the, the whole COVID thing, it's still there or thereabouts. And we've seen like, you know, is it on? Is it, is it not on for, for us? And, and you kind of got to hope that we're going to get these rounds in this year. And it is, we are going to get that some normality. But I think pretty much all riders need to kind of start up in their game a little bit. Because if the rounds start dropping off, then there's going to be less rounds and less points to, um, before they have to start really playing catch up. So I think Prado is, is 27 down. He won't want to see that go any more than that. So uh, I think this is a, a super important weekend for him. Same question to you, Tom. Where do you sit on the uh, Prado scale? Because let's be honest, that before Russia, Prado had just as much hype and excitement as Hurlings and Geyser, and in some cases more. Prado, like we've kind of just, like I say, it's died down a bit now, but let's not forget, three, four weeks ago, Everyone, a lot of people, I'd say 40% of people, were saying that Prado could run away with this thing. 
Yeah, I think it was a little bit unknown coming in, wasn't it? And uh, he was sort of, like you said, the hype was sort of split between the three, but he just hasn't really done a lot yet. And I think it, I think he, I think it is time for him to get going, or it's going to slip away. Um, I think it, it's over a moto now in points in it, but if it gets over two, over like the fifty point mark, I think that's when you sort of you you're pretty much out of it at that point because uh, it's quite it's so much just to pull back. And it's not just on one guy; it's on on Jeffrey and Tim. So, like to to beat one of them, well, you can bank on one of them having a mechanical or a DNF at some point throughout the year. But to bank on two of them, or maybe even more guys that can get in the mix, it's it's like touch and go as to if he's uh, gonna gonna have enough opportunities to gain the points back. This is a um a funny way of looking at it. Like it just hit me while you were talking. You look at the championship, Prado's fifth, 97 points. Sewer is sixth with 86 points. And I don't think anyone, said, like anyone is shouting about Sewer having a great start of the year. It's been solid. It's been consistent. It's been fine again. But Prado's, I would even, like not looking at the championship, I would presume that Prado is 20, 25 points ahead of Sewer. Uh, James, agree? Yeah, I think... So what, what what's the deficit? Fifty two points. See where Diane, or is he? I don't know you where say? you've just pulled fifty two from. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said he was twenty five down on um, Prado. No, Prado is Prado is twenty seven down on twenty seven. Yeah, on Geyser and Sewer is eleven down on Prado, which means that he is f- oh thirty six. Thirty eight. Okay. Have I just got maths right and you've got it wrong? I don't know. Maybe I think I have. Yeah. Okay. Off, uh, planning motor bombshell or too early? No, too early. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, th- yeah, I, I can't see Jeremy putting t- putting it together now to to claw that back. I can see Prado. Um, I think it's too far gone, even though it sounds crazy for Jeremy to pull it back, unless there was, you know, some some issues in in injuries and stuff like that. But I, I think Prado has the ability to, you know, with the starts and stuff like that, whereas Jeremy hasn't with the starts. Well, if that makes sense. Although they are quite equal on points, stark differences in their season in the sense that Sua has finished has not finished in the top four in a single moto, whereas Prado's had two second places. So that right there makes it sound like they've had drastically different seasons when apparently not, based on the points. But I would say, I've said this before and I'll argue it again because history has taught us, Sua has had slow starts before for one reason or another and he's ended up second in the championship because for whatever reason... This seems to work for him. And you know what? Just come to me. Last year was a bit of the opposite. He started quite strong last year, I would say. And then towards the end, he dropped off a bit. So maybe this is actually for the better. Like maybe, maybe, this, maybe this isn't a worry at all. And I guess the same applies to Prado because like, he's even closer to the front. But I would, I would almost say I'm not that concerned about Sewer. Uh, but what do you think, Tom? I think it's been a, a bit of a quiet start for both of them, hasn't it? I think if... if... Like you said, Jeremy's like usually slow start and builds throughout the season. And uh, yeah, Prado's had them motos where he's inside the top five and well, even two second places. It it, it puts him above Sewer in people's opinions because you've seen more of him at the front, whereas we haven't really seen what Sewer can do at the front yet. It's just sort of been plugging away like like five to ten range. Sewer is the most criminally underrated rider in MXGP. James, agree? Underrated, did you say? Underrated, yep. Yeah. No, one, no, one, no one talks about him. No one cares. No one, 
He, no one respects, okay, respects maybe a bit strong word. Sewer is better than a lot of people give him credit for. Agreed? Yeah, def- I, I agree. However, when I was listening to JT on, you know, at Majora, he, he, he did kind of... Um, oh, on the um, television show. Yeah, he did kind of point out one thing which was qu- quite relevant um, regarding uh, Sewer, which is he, he does have that ability to be able to just hang it out and um, take risks which sometimes other people aren't willing to take. And I think that's quite relevant to his kind of riding style and what he's prepared to do, which is why he's, he has been posting those, um, you, you know, runner-up in MXGP. Because I think, I think Jeremy is still one of the riders which is willing to take those chances compared to, to others. So if anything, it, yes, he could, it maybe is a, a slow star and it will get, you know, better. But I think it depends on whether he is still willing to take his chances. Uh, up to this year, he was. Does that answer? Yeah, I kind of understand what you were saying, I believe. Yeah, I, I, think. Don't, I don't think I've explained it very well. There was a lot of words there. Uh, a Tom, lot of words. Tom, did you, what did you take from what James just said? <laughs> <laughs> if anything. Um, yeah, I think, I think he is, is very underrated, isn't he? I think we've seen it in the past with Tim being underrated and people have started to come around to that. And it's just like people need to come around to the fact that Sewer's been a, a double vice world champion in both classes. So it's now, well, he deserves more respect, I think. Uh, one thing we didn't really talk about last week that I kind of want to go on into a bit more detail on is um, Sewer's new deal. Uh, we kind of scooted over it last week because, as we've said, the first three podcasts after the first three MXGP rounds have been very intense and jam-packed, but there's, a lot to talk, there's been a lot to talk about. So sorry about that, but, you know... There's been a lot to talk about, so we're just trying to trying our best. So Sua did sign, though, uh, in Majora, a two-year extension with Yamaha Factory MXGP, uh, 2022 and 2023. At the moment, under lap 10, Koldenoff's fine. His contract runs until the end of 2022, and Benz is up this year. He has an option for next year, I think, but technically it's up. Tom, you can go first, but no surprise that Sua uh, re-signed where he did, no. No, I don't think there is. I don't think there's anyone else that can that can get that do any better than him. Like I said, he's he's a vice world champion or coming off like a really solid run. Um and we spoke last week about how he's he's been at this he's got this crazy run of uh Grand Prix in a row. And for a team, you want someone who's gonna be there every week, who's gonna be consistent and who has the chance to win. And I feel like that's him. Like where else? He's he's still young, he's still got like a long career ahead of him. Um, and I feel like, I think he's quite a good future team leader for them. Uh, so yeah, like there's no one else they could put in his place who would be better. It's um funny, you know. I was just looking at it earlier. Silly season in America, a lot's happening. It's very like maybe the most riders changing teams in history. Like it's actually mental. In GPs though, there's not really that much room for change. Yamaha's pretty much done now. Like, Sura and Koldenoff are stamped there. You'd think Ben would go back, but we'll find out. But at least two of their seats are done. Uh, Honda are done. Geyser and Mitch are both on multi-year deals. Obviously, Hurlings isn't going anywhere. Caroli's up. That is interesting. That, that is a biggie. Uh, and actually, no, no I'm completely... Screw, ignore what I've just said. Caroli's up and Fevra's up. And both of those are going to be biggies. Like, that's going to be interesting because I don't... 
that's going to be interesting. Watch like watch this space on that one. So that is interesting. But aside from that, obviously Prado's not going anywhere from the Austrian group. So yeah, like there's not that much like there's not that much excitement as round city season this time around. I don't I don't I don't think Lewis that many teams will change. I think Yamaha um are in are in this. They they've got a young up and comer in Ben. They've got Glenn and Jeremy, which uh, they're looking at, you know, to to be at a sharp end in, in push forward, especially this year and next year. And who the hell would Kawasaki get in apart from from Weber? You've got a guy there who can win races. He's their best chance. And outside of them getting, uh, you know, Crowley, Hurlins and Geyser, which is not going to happen, um, who else would they bring in? Well, I guess that is the interesting thing. Like, Well, not the interesting thing, but I guess that is the thing. It's all very foregone conclusions. Like, where can Fevra go and, where, and who can Kawasaki get if they want to replace him? Similar to where was Sua going to go and who would Yamaha have gotten if they wanted to replace him? Like, it just fit perfectly. MXGP, it's almost like all the teams in MXGP have gone through this reloading phase and they're now set for the future for the next three to four years. We're almost without anyone realizing they've gone through this reloading phase and we're kind of, um, yeah, done deal for the future. But I'm sure there will be a few surprises incoming that no one sees coming and that will shake up the pecking order somewhat. One thing I wanted to ask you, um, both, both you and Tom, was... Uh, what riders, like, I'm talking like the Vlanderen, uh, the Vlanderens out there, what riders would you see who are currently not on a factory team but would have the best chance of a factory ride in the next two years in MXGP? Uh, Tom, you can take that. I think, I think you've covered it with Vlanderen. I think he's uh, obviously deserving. Uh, he's been a previous MX2 uh, winner. He's not really had much... Well, he's been injured a bit this year, hasn't he? Come back from an ACL. Um, he showed signs last year. I feel like, yeah, yeah, he, he's the sort of the the back of the factory group when it comes to the races. Uh, he's, he's still young and new in the class, so I feel he's the perfect slot for the next sort of seat. Well, if you look at it from that point of view, factory and non-factory, obviously you've got the factory riders at the moment, but if you run through the results... Van Horbeek, well, Van Horbeek is factory, I guess, but no factory team is going to sign him now. He's later in his career. Uh, Lupino, no factory team's going to sign him now. He's later in his career. Uh, Simpson, no factory team's going to sign him now. He's later in his career. Strybos, same. Uh, Tonus, same. You get what I mean? Like, you, get what I'm get, you get what I'm getting at. There aren't that many candidates because a lot of the people who are in that non-factory group have been there, done that, and kind of are on their way out. Uh, Vlander, if you... If you if you shrink it down to that category of who has the potential to go factory, there's Vlandering, no doubt he belongs on a factory bike, and I think he could be really good on a 450. But then there's Jacoby. I don't really see any factory team being that eager to sign Jacoby. There's Usun, same. Vandonic, I don't really see any factory team being that keen to sign Vandonic. Sterry, he has actually improved yeah. a fair amount lately, so we'll see where that goes. Bogus and Olsen are already factory. Like, Ferrato, no. So that's that. Like, there you go. If you, no if you break it down like that, if Flanderin's listening to this, he must be listening to that going, God, that sounds, that sounds quite nice for me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally, like, like, if it plays out like that, then I will have many people knocking on my door here so shortly. Uh, what were you going to say, Tom? I say, no, I don't think there's many, I don't think there is anyone that will age out of MX2 this year either, will there? There are no, like, no guys that could take them seats anyway. Uh, beaten, so that's oh, beaten, something. Okay. And Bra Romain. Right. 
Okay. Yeah, Beaton's going to be a big one, hey? Maybe. Maybe them too, then. Okay, let's do this then. See, we're just flowing. We're just flowing. Beaton or Bora May, who'd you take for a 450 deal, James? Beaton every day. I think he's his size, uh, style, set up perfectly for a 450. I think, I think this year is... Uh, it, although I can, I can see he's on a factory team, and uh, I, I, I kind of felt like he needed to go up because w- when you look at... And I, and you know when you know when you know we were quite high on Vlandering going four fifty when he was on a two fifty. Yep, I, I'm like that with Beaton. I, I really do think that uh, any team that's not looking at Beaton at the moment in MXGP are missing a massive trick. Like, I, I think he's out of all the riders. I think he's the the one who could do a lot of damage in MXGP. Well, what what do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think I, I agree. Um, Boromay is he's very like he's he's got good speed and things like that, but he's just got the crashes that come with it. And I don't think putting that on a four fifty would would solve anything. Um whereas Beaton is a bit more of like a smooth rider. I know the results haven't been there recently, but it's not through like lack of trying, it's just a like weird things keep happening to him. Um and I think he'd he'd fit a four fifty well. I don't feel like Boromay is ready to go for a four fifty. Like in my mind, I feel like he still needs another two years in MX2. What do you think, Tom? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about two years, but I think, like I said, he, he crashes quite a little bit. Well, quite a bit, um, and it just needs to minimise their mistakes. Like he's very fast and he's towards the front of the of the class, but it takes some guys longer to develop, doesn't it? And he's been like a slow burn throughout the years. Like we saw him get a podium in Teutonthal a couple of years back, and he sort of came out of nowhere. And then he got on this FNH team, and last year he was really good, and this year he's good again. But there's just there's just the steps in the career that he needs to get down, and before um, obviously to get on a factory 450 ride, he needs to go through all that. And I just don't think he's done that yet. Well, when you think about it, he won the UMX 250 championship in 2018. Uh, that that was the year he got the Tushintol podium as well. You're talking about okay, so. EMX, uh, he was 2018, he was EMX 250 champion. Then he's had 2019 as an MX2 rider. 2020 was COVID season, and now we're kind of in COVID season again. So he really hasn't had that much of an MX2 like no. base, you know, like a normal base anyway. No, he's no. definitely been up against it. One of you go, Tom, you go. I was just going to say, yeah, it's, it's been like a sort of rushed through the class, hasn't it? If he, if he sort of was a bit, little bit slow, get it, not slow, but it took longer for him to develop through EMX and he's got into the class now and it's like oh, one Lurton year, one year to have like a good shot, like doing well in the championship and then the following year to go for the title. Like the, I feel like the, the guys need three years in the class if they're going to do anything. And uh, he's sort of going to miss out on that, that third year to try and go for it if, if he obviously is aging out. You are listening to the MXY Show, uh, as always, presented by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. Uh, and this is part one, presented by Fly Racing, as always. Before we go to break, two things I want to do. And uh, what should we do first? Let's see here. Let's do you want do... to break down the penalties of England on uh, Sunday night? I don't have much to offer, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. They all did very well. 
Like they all did very well. I'm very proud of them. I'm proud to be English. They all did very well. It was a it was a big moment in my life. I'll never forget it. I'll be telling my grandkids about it in 70 years' time. D- did you actually watch the match? No. So I was there's wor- like I was working, actually. Okay. So that's 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 how I'm punching the clock over here, James. Were you working? Bit, bit defensive, but uh, <laughs> no, I took some time out of my very busy schedule to uh, to, to watch the, the big match, probably the biggest match uh, that we're going to watch for a c- c- couple of years. But c- 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 couple of years. <laughs> hey, that's called deflection. So um, if you're not happy with <laughs> asking uh, or answering penalty questions or that you missed the big match, then uh, that's down to you. You ask me one penalty question and I'll answer it, but only one. I'm not doing this for long. Just one. You ask me one question. Okay. Uh, why didn't Jack Grealish take a penalty? I don't know. I presume he didn't want to. Uh, why uh, do you no. ask? That seems like a question. Wrong. He that did. seems like a he question for Jack. <laughs> Wrong. He well, did want to take a penalty. He why did you ask asked. me then if you already knew the answer? Well, I do know the answer. But, um, I was just seeing if you did. So Seems like you're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, <laughs> That sets us up nicely, actually, for this thing. We'll do this now. Uh, we don't know how long Tom's going to be here today, so we'll do this now. It's time <laughs> for Armour You Smarter Than a Birth, uh, the game that just keeps on delivering on all fronts. Armour is an action and adventure lifestyle driven brand founded by action sports industry veterans. Armour recognized avoiding the marketplace and created a complete line of nutritional supplements formulated especially to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels realize their maximum potential. Armour's products were developed and tested in real-world conditions by an all-star team of athlete owners that includes Jeremy McGrath, Chad Reed, and Nick Way. Yes, Nick Way. Armour Sport is now available in Europe. And uh, yeah, you'll find a link, a direct link to get Armour in Europe on our social media channels. Leave nothing on the table. Choose Armour. This is Armour, you smarter than a birth. It'd be ideal if I knew when the intro music would end, so I'm just going to fade it out now myself. I don't know how long that goes on for. Is that your? Uh, is that the music that you um, put your leotard on and you stretch to? That was very game show music, wasn't it? That was like you feel like you now. Feel, anyway, you're ruining it because now I've put a game show vibe on this, and you're trying to talk. <laughs> this you ruined the game show vibe. Do I need to play it again? This is armor. You smarter than a bird. Okay, it's not <laughs> right. We don't know how to do this with two people, so I've got two options for you. You, the players, can decide because you know when you watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, the player goes on and decides how they want to play the game. So we'll do the same here. I've got six questions here. You can either take three each, or I will ask all six, and you can buzz in, and whoever answers for whoever buzzes in first gets to take it. You will buzz in by saying, I'll give you a buzzer each and you have to like shout it. <laughs> no, that sounds pretty That sounds messy. Like, that does sound messy. No, like James, your buzzer would be um, quack and Tom's would be... Uh, nah. I can't think of another sound. <laughs> Uh, Lewis, I'll stop you there. I'm not fucking quacking. Okay, yeah, but you could like you your your you could just say your name. Like your buzzer could be James, and I'll go. Oh, James, you you buzzed him first. 
Do I like I like the three and three last week. I know I disappeared right. early, so we'll do, yeah, we'll do me, that. Me, yeah, me me too. All I right. think uh, it's safe, and it's safe to know that um, I'm not going to know much more. To be fair, than, um, to Tom, be fair, so James, I'm I'm glad I left last week because they were quite difficult. I didn't think they were difficult. I don't. Have, I deleted them this morning. I don't think they were difficult. I thought they were the easiest questions in a while. I think there was one of them that I was like completely blank on. I think it was the last finished Grand Prix. I can't. I couldn't remember. Oh, that was for, a question for the life of me. But yeah, I well, don't know what I'd have said. Disclaimer: before we before we get on to armor, you smarter than a birth. We'll do the uh, important stuff. Uh, the questions have been generated at random by an independent source. Uh, they have been provided to each player with no prior knowledge based on what they like or dislike. All questions are random and any complaints <laughs> can be taken to I don't give a fuck at lewisphillips.com because that's it. So that's the important stuff here on Army You Smarter Than a Buff. It's an actual real email address. Right. <laughs> we'll do... Should we... Okay, another question then. Should I do James's three questions first, or should I do one and one, one and one, one and one? I'm so confused. <laughs> should I just start? The, just do. Do, do you want to do one and do, one? Do the one and one, then we know like the scores okay. throughout. All right, I'm um, you smarter than a birth time. Let's play. Remember to play along at home and send in your scores. I think I needed a poo about twenty <laughs> minutes ago. Okay, okay, James. Welcome. Have we actually have we, have we done part one yet? No. <laughs> this is where my poo's poking we're, his head out because we've not even got into part. We don't even got into part one advert. We spent ten minutes just trying to figure out the rules of army smarter than a birth. Okay, James. Question numero uno. Oh, here we go. Name the last three. That's three USGP tracks. Uh, Southwick. Uh. Thunder Valley and <laughs> oh shit are you on about MXGP tracks people get like, for taking the piss out of you and I don't know what they fucking want from me like what am I supposed to do I, like, I thought we were doing pro motocross like, I didn't know do, what do you want me to like people don't people what do, what do people what do, what do people want me to do hear that and go Unfortunately, James, that was the incorrect answer. We were not looking for Southwick, Thunder Valley. And also, Thunder Valley is wrong, even if you're doing promo across tracks. They raced at Denver recently. That was the fourth round ago. Okay, Do you want to have another stab at that question? Or? Yeah, so uh, Charlotte... Um, uh, fuck. Uh, what was the one in Florida? Should have done the buzz in, I'd have got this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what... I can't remember. Well, James would have buzzed him with Southwick. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would off. Uh, I know it was Charlotte, and then uh, the Florida one, which Hampshire one. I can't remember what it was bloody called. Uh, Fair play for remembering the Hampshire one. Yeah. Um, oh, and then they had Glen Helen as well, didn't they? Which didn't went very well. Didn't went very much supported. So <sighs> fuck. I can't. I can remember. So Charlotte. Um, Glen Helen and the Florida one. Uh, I don't know whether to give you that because that is right, but obviously the Florida one isn't technically the name of the track. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, I'll think about that. I'll, I'll see how okay. I feel. Uh, okay. It was WW you were looking for. WW. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, silence from James. Question number one for Tom Who was the last British rider to stand on the MXGP overall podium? That being 450s, obviously. Uh, Simo. 
That's incorrect. We were looking for Max Anstey in 2018. Oh. Uh, Assen. Simpsons last was 2017 Indonesia. Uh, uh, oh, Max's okay. last was 2018 Assen. It's yeah. nil-nil as we move into question two. Question two for James. Hmm? Who was one? On, nil nil. Didn't I get my point? No, I decided not to. I was gonna. I basically was gonna. Such a dick. No, I, I was basically gonna base it off of um. What to, if Tom got it right? I was gonna give it to you to make it make it um, make it competitive. One all. Yeah. Make it tense. Yeah. But seeing as Tom got it wrong, like I, if Tom, Tom got that wrong, so I can't exactly give you a point for being wrong okay, as well. Okay. Okay. All right. Like, um, okay. Question two, James. Yes. Who has won more overalls in their career? Ricky Carmichael. Okay, I'm going to let me finish the question. Ken Dedeiker. <laughs> Antonio Caroli. Or Kevin Strybos. Hmm. I'm going to go with Dedeiker. Oh, that's incorrect. Mother. Strybos has six overall wins. Dedeiker has five. Oh, see, this is shit. Like, you have got to put... <laughs> Questions where it's not not six in five. That's like one. Yeah, what do you want me to do? Who has the most overall wins, James? Stefan Everts or me? <laughs> Stefan Everts. Exactly. Like, like, <laughs> that's a point for me. Keeping Who, everybody's like, happy. Keeping it simple. Uh, yeah, simple, Lewis. Okay. Simple. No one wants fucking six in five. Okay. Like Jacoby and uh, uh, Stryber. <laughs> Jacoby's never won a GP. That's a point. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, we're halfway through the game now, and there's been zero points. Question two for Tom. Shit. Which French rider has the most MX2 overall wins? Don't answer, Tom. Just go and fucking strike until he comes up with better wins. <laughs> um, Muscan. Fuck Lewis, fuck this game. That's correct. We've got our first point on the board. It's one nil. Tom roll. heading into the uh, final questions. Fucking out, Tom. I thought we had solidarity. I know, I know. Obviously not. We should have. We should have conferred before the game. Competitive sides come out, hey? Um, <laughs> James, if you get this right and Tom gets it wrong, we will go into our own penalty shootout. Do you even know what that is? No, I'll figure it I'll Google it. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, the chances of you getting this question right are quite low. So, but anyway. Remote, yeah. <laughs> Remoter than a <laughs> South Asian fishing village. I won't Google, I won't Google um, how to do a penalty shootout because I doubt I'll be needing it. But question three and your final question, James. Great. What year did Mike Brown oh, for <laughs> last win a moto in MXGP? That is really... I will give you a cl massive clue because that is probably the hardest question on... Actually, no. Ever. No, Tom... Ha hardest no. question ever. No, because Tom's next question... Uh, I'll give you a clue, because Tom's next question is a little easier than your one. He was on a Cass Honda, and he was number four. Oh, well done. That's really going to fucking help me out. Uh, <laughs> well, I thought you can kind of narrow it down there, can't you? Uh, I'm going to say Cass Honda. I'm going to say 2003. I actually, for some reason, I had it in my gut that you were going to just pull that one out and get it right. But that was wrong. Um, <laughs> we were looking for 2007 Japan. You didn't have to say the event, but just for those listening and playing along, it was Japan in 2007. So that's, Tom has won, but we'll play the final question to see if it's a 1-0 win or a 2-0 win. Uh, final question, Tom. Yeah. Guadagnini just won in MX2. 
What year did Italy last have an MX2 Moto winner? Oh, that is fucking easy. Is it? Okay, wait, 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 no, hold on. Okay. Oh, wait, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. The game's decided. Before you answer, Tom, seeing as this is so easy, James, what is your answer? If it's 2006. Okay, Tom, your answer? Oh, yeah, I think I'd have gone six. That's when Caroli moved up, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, well, you're both wrong, so it clearly wasn't that easy. Was it? Um, it was 2008. Oh, yeah, it was. I remember. What, so he went in 2008? <laughs> oh, nine. Oh, nine was his year, first year. Yeah, uh, Caroli won uh, 2008 was his last well, I think, MX2. Moment. I think we were close, Tom, anyway. No, I don't really. Yeah, no shootout. Well, um, as always, I'd like to... Actually, congr- big congratulations. We should probably make a bigger deal with this. Big congratulations uh, to... Uh, Tom Neal, the winner of this week's Armour, You Smarter Than a Birth. Uh, only a 1-0 win, so the, like, not was, many people would bet on that. James is, James is right there. If, and let's be honest, it could have been a draw if James had just thought of WW. Yeah. yeah he's, uh, well, I, I think, think I should have still got a point. I think he's getting smarter because of the games, the pressure and the, of the questions. Yeah. Armour, you no, smarter than a birth. Maybe we're finding out that James is smarter than a birth. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I kind of do wish I'd given you that point now because then we could have done the penalty shootout even though I have no idea how we would have done that and what I would have <laughs> done with like getting you questions but it would have been interesting to see. I should have known the max question with Lewis though, shouldn't I really? Should have. No, I, um, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was an interesting question just because a lot of people do forget that like... Yeah, Because even off. I, when I, look, I, I had to look it up. I was like, huh? Because um, especially considering you didn't get on the podium with standing construct so it's a little early, uh, longer ago than people... When was Simpsons' last GP win? Was that 2013? Lirop. 17. Indonesia. Oh, 17. Not 2013 Lirop wasn't his last GP win. It was actually his first. first. <laughs> the complete other end of the spectrum. Yeah. But has is, is he just had two GP wins? No. Um, Lirop 2013. Asen 2015. Lommel 2015. And uh, Indonesia 2017. I feel like he might have had one more in 2015, but maybe not. Um. No, I'm pretty sure he only had two, Asen and Lommel. Because then there was Mantova in between. Yeah, he only had two, um, Asen and Lommel, in 2015. Well, thanks for playing, everyone. That was Armour, you smarter than a birth. Here's a question for you, Lewis. Yep. Uh, what British riders had more uh, GP overall wins in MXGP uh, since 2012? I don't even know what that question was. Like, what? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> there was a lot of words there again. What? What? Who's the winningest British rider in MXGP since 2012? Yeah, Simpson. Wow. Look at him. Well, it's not hard. Okay. He's the only one who's won. So he's won more GP. He's won more GPs than Tommy uh, Max. Well, you, you're talking 450s, aren't you? Yeah. But Max and Tommy never won in 450s. Wow. Look at that. Sean Simpson. Oh, was that was that was your question designed to boost the Simpson army? No, oh. I'm just saying it's, that's uh, that is when you actually look back on that, that is pretty credible, hey? Yeah, Sim- uh, Simpson has kind of put Britain on his shoulders in MXGP a bit. Yeah, but that's quite an underrated record, hey? Well, maybe I'll get him on here coming up, and you can talk to him about it. Yeah, I think we should. I think that's f- yeah. I wait. I think actually, when you say that out loud, that's that's 
planet That's moto cool. bombshell worthy or should we sit on that for a little while longer i think it is are you sure because we don't want to be premature premature <laughs> we don't want to be right my lover <laughs> we'll sit on it we don't want to be premature maybe something uh, bigger will come okay. right before we go to an ad for the end of part one presented by fly racing this is mxy show episode number 76 another thing we touched on recently with all of the racing and results and interesting things that have popped up at Majora, Matali, and Russia. HRC filling. So, uh, obviously, I spoke to quite a few people at Matali about it. They're not overly... They are, I think they are looking to fill in, but they're not overly keen on getting an American or an Australian rider because it's obviously not a very easy process because then where are they going to live? Where are they going to train? Like, there's a lot... Like, there's far from easy. But... The next problem is that uh, there aren't really any European riders, GP riders available. There's no one really floating around the paddock who needs that ride or would take it, jump up and take it, who is also good enough to warrant it. Which is funny because all silly season last year, oh, there's not enough seats, there's not enough seats. Well, now there's a seat available and there's no one to take it. Quite funny how that works out. Um, But James, have you got... Irony. James, have you got... um, Anyone else you'd like to put in that seat at this point? Uh, well, my original uh, one was Blake Baggett, but um, too old, uh, according to, to Honda. Um, so I would... Uh, Who did I you would... speak to? Never you mind. Oh. Um, got connections. Uh, yeah, there are more connections than Lewis. Um, I would, I would possibly go with. Uh, I, I, I think they should just bite the bullet and, and buy Vlander and out his contract. Uh, I do not think that is an option. But that wouldn't, obviously, if if all being well and that actually being something that was possible, which it isn't, then obviously that would be a good fit. Yep, Vlander and run a three rider t- t- team next year. Oh wow! Um, I would go. Okay, I know what they said about Americans and Australians and how it's difficult and that, but putting that to the side, I think the number one rider who is currently free, you don't have to mess around with contracts or anything, would be Benny Bloss. I think that he would be able to turn up without much, like without being too settled in Europe and everything and put in respectable results, which would only get better from this point on. But it doesn't sound like that's really going to happen, but I do think that that would be as far, purely on a results basis and an ease basis because you're not buying contracts or anything like that. I think that would be the best pick. Uh, Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree on that. I don't think it's anyone else really, is there? Um, I don't know if he's been riding a lot. I know he hasn't been doing the, the Pro Nationals, but he's put on Instagram that he's, he's got a Kawasaki from a dealership and uh, so he must be riding that, but whether it be GP ready or whatever, like you said, he can come over and start off slow and build throughout the year. Um, yeah, there's no one really else, I don't think. No, it's weird. I don't know what they're going to do. Tixia turned him down. Another rider supposedly turned him down, but I haven't got confirmation from that rider yet. So once I find out that that is actually 100% true, I will tell you who the rider is, but I, don't, I haven't spoken to the rider about it, so I don't really want to say it if it's wrong. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But for now, they're uh, flying with... Tim Geyser, and to be fair, they've got Tim Geyser, that's not too shabby, and they've got Ruben Fernandez in MX2 who's doing way better than anyone would have ever presumed, so it's not exactly looking too shabby for them at the moment. Right, uh, let's go to an advert. That has been part one of 
episode 76 of the MXY show. As always, that was presented by our friends at Fly Racing and their Formula Helmet. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, that's AIS, introduced, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Uh, that was the message from Fly Racing. Uh, and we'd also obviously like to thank, as well as Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGPTV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. Uh, we'll be back with your questions just after these quick messages. See you in a bit. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with three Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode number 76 of the MX Vice Show podcast. This is part two. Tom has gone, uh, much like last week, so it's me and James for the rest of the ride. It's going to be a great time, great time. Part two is presented by our friends at Technical Touch. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson, and close to home as well. Visit technical-touch.com slash KYB hyphen authorized with a Z hyphen dealer to find an authorized KYB by technical touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. Yeah, there's two uh, authorized dealers in the UK. There's one in Ireland, France, there's Dragon Tech, 
Belgium, there's obviously Technical Touch. Netherlands, there's Wittenhuis Racing. Germany, there's OTS. There's a couple uh, closer to the south of France, like MB Motorsports and Gobby Racing and OTS Parts. Like, so there's people everywhere, all over the place. Spain, even. Uh, suspensions, HRG. TRS Racing Suspension. RG3 Suspension. So a lot of KYB by, uh, by Technical Touch authorized dealers around the world and in your country. Austria's on here, Switzerland's on here. And if you go to that link that I mentioned, then you will find a complete list and you can just figure it all out. It's very simple, very easy, and you get factory suspension from it, literally. Like, why are you even still listening to me talk? You should just go and do that. How are you finding the show, James? Ah, okay, still here, still, still motivated, so that's a plus. That's good. Well, these questions should motivate you a little bit as well. You should enjoy the ones this week. Let's move on to Leah. Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology, but also comes with free bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. And that's without even mentioning their knee braces, which if you head over to Liat's Instagram, at official Liat, you will find that they are giving away a set of knee braces at the moment. The third post along, as I speak right now, there's a link in their bio, and you can enter to win Liat X-Frame hybrid knee braces. So just another product in the Liat range and another way that they can protect you from head to toe. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. Lewis. What? Everybody loves a freebie. Well, if you love a freebie, I'd recommend going over to at official Liat and entering that competition. Many questions. Bit of a different tone this week, seeing as there was no racing on our front. Uh, but let's get into them in Liat Ask Vice Anything. Question one. At Brad Myers 22, do you think Hurlings is back to old form? James? Uh, I wouldn't say old form. I think he was quite, he was quite clear about his, his strategy for this year. I think he showed that he could still turn it up. Um, but I'll go back to what I was saying in part one. And, and, and we're going to see how, how far is he willing to push the envelope? so to speak, uh, this week, this weekend in Os, because is he going to go there and make a huge statement or is he going to go there and just ride a calculated race? A statement would be gapping uh, Geyser by 30 seconds and, you know, demolishing everybody. But it'd be interesting to see what, see what Geyser can do given what he'd done last year. So, yeah, I think old form... Uh, I think if we're ever going to see uh, whether he's willing to, to to push it, you know, and back up what he done in Majora last week, then um, I think it'll be interesting to watch in Os. Hmm. Yeah, well, is it's it Os be or is it Oos? No, I think it's Os. Os. Yeah, uh, going to be an interesting weekend. At Chris United ninety three, what happened to the Ducati MX project that Coppins got paid mega bucks for? How long did it last, and why did it get scrapped? I'm guessing. Chris United 93 means the Aprilia. Is that Ducati? Do they own Aprilia or something? I, like, I'm very, I'm clueless on the roadside. So but I'm guessing he means Aprilia. 
How long did it last after Coppins left? Did it end that year or the year after? I can't quite remember. Um, trying to think of when Coppins last year would have been. I guess it would have been 2011, because I think he did two years on the Aprilia. Uh, let's have a look here. Uh, can't see him in the results for 2011, so... Uh, Aprilia owned by Piaggio. Okay, so I guess, yeah, I guess Christian United just meant Ducati, uh, Aprilia instead of Ducati. But no, Coppins did... Coppins actually did better on it than people think. Like, 12th in the championship in 2010. A lot of top 10s. Right, well, really, he was between 8th and 12th pretty much non-stop. 7th in a moto was his best. Ahead of Strybos, ahead of Swanepoel, ahead of Seb Porcel, just behind Goncalves. But it continued after that with Alfie Smith and... Who's the other rider? Oh, Like Leons. Uh, he was on an Aprilia in 2011 as well. I'll just go quickly look at the 2011 results, see if it was an Aprilia that year. No, so 2012 was the year it stopped. I don't, they just didn't, I don't think they saw results. I think they, I think we, as with anyone, they were here to take over and they just realized that that wasn't really going to happen. But yeah, interesting, it, kind of weird to think, like, what would the world look like if Aprilia was still in motocross? Like 10 years on, like they'd have 10 years of development now. Maybe that would, they would be a force and like a, a viable factory team, but. We will never know. We will never know. Phil G said, uh, do the Dutch know their ass from their elbow with COVID? I'm guessing he means... <laughs> I'm guessing this question was sent in from the point of view of like, why are the extra restrictions, etc. So um, I'll just give you a quick breakdown of the COVID situation in the Netherlands. So the reason for the uh, extra restrictions is... On the 2nd of July, they had 941 new cases. And then by the 10th of July, so a week later, they had 10,281 new cases. And then at this point, they're now floating between eight to 9,000 new cases a day. So quite a jump from where they were at with 900, 500, 400, 800, 600, which was basically where they were at in the second half of June and beginning of July. So I guess that's, that's what the cause is. They're just reacting to a large spike that is with a population of 17.28 million in the Netherlands. So yeah, that's been your Netherlands COVID update presented by me, uh, Lewis Phillips. Hank Jan Lewis, at Hank Jan Lewis, which race on the calendar has the greatest fans besides the MXON? More like Redbud on 4th of July. I thought this was interesting because I couldn't think of anything. You couldn't was, think of who has the best fans? Well, I was going to say France, but what, what you've absolutely. obviously got an answer. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I've uh, got to say, the, the, the French are crazier than the English, and the English are just mental anyway. Um, but I've seen, I've seen chicken and sheep sprayed in French flags, uh, nations. I've seen no, no, not nations, though. We're talking GPs. Yeah, France, easy. Hands down. Yeah, that was, that was my first thought. Um, yeah, you just got to look at St. Jean in Ernay. Uh, one thing I will say is um, uh, every time you go to Holland and Belgium as well, I've got, I've got to say their fans are awesome. You, you always see a packed crowd. So I, I, I would say those are the three, uh, the, the three, three of the best. Uh, I, I was quite surprised... I guess Tuchentau is a good turnout, but I, I'm guessing that's not just Germans. Yeah, but I've, the question's more about like passionate and craziness and like good atmosphere, though, not so uh, much France attendance. Mental. 
I'd, I'd actually give an honourable nod, and everyone's going to hate me for saying this. America. Give, no, 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 of course not. The crowds at the USGBs have been terrible. <laughs> I would give an honourable mention to Indonesia. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell? I'm sure people are going to be absolutely few. Yeah, about that. you just any credibility you had left is just gone. Well, no, I mean the fans cried when I walked past them. Like <laughs> they cried at me. So imagine, like clearly they were quite passionate and crazy. They'd never seen a jolly white giant. That's why. Yeah, but I don't know. There's just a lot of them, and they all like they cried when I walked past them. So I'd imagine like they clearly care quite a lot about MXGP. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, though. Uh, at Phil White 192 thoughts on Glenn being number one yam rider? After I said this, and Lewis, the Glenn hater, that's incorrect, laughed me out the door. I don't think I laughed you out the door, Phil. I think what happened is I said everyone's underrating sewer, which we actually, which ties in nicely with what we said earlier in the show. Everyone does underrate sewer. That's where I was on about, and he's and and Coldenoff isn't the number one yam rider yet. Sewer is still the number one in the championship standings. So say like settle down, settle down. We'll see where this goes. Uh, I will say that Coldenoff has far impressed me uh, through three rounds, um, much better than I thought he'd be off the bat. As I said last week, I thought he would get there eventually, but I didn't think he'd be this good this early. So yeah, opposite. At Jack L Hyde, uh, what does the seventy-one in at Lewis Phillips seventy-one stand for? It's just my number, my race number. It was like, not the year of birth, was it? No. Was your it your year dad's, of birth, wasn't it? Was it your dad's year of birth? Yes. Ah. That's no, that's, no, that isn't why I was 71. Oh, okay. No, it's just, okay. just 71. Just, I'd actually done a why I was... 71 used to be one of my dad's race numbers when he raced like, in big races, so I, just, I think I just picked that up and had that a lot when I was growing up, so then it became my number. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm, I made my Twitter account when I was like... 12. So obviously, my obviously the classic thing you do then is you put your name and then your race number after it. I'd actually quite like to change. I thought about it a few times. I would like to change my, my Twitter handle to at Lewis Phillips or something, but I feel like it will confuse people now because everyone kind of knows I'm at Lewis Phillips yeah. 71. So I'm stuck with it. It's, it's a brand name. Yeah, I'm stuck with it on Twitter. Luckily, I changed it on Instagram quite early on, but yeah, Twitter, I'm stuck with it. Yeah, I was also number five and number eight a lot. Those were my three numbers. So mm. I ran number one for a year. That's ballsy of you because I'm guessing you didn't win. <laughs> no, no, there was, there, was, there was no winning going on that year. <laughs> Just going to presume. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why the number was three. Oh, God. <laughs> now we get into the emotional question. Oh, okay. What's emotional? At Jekyll Hyde. How would the dynamic of the show be if Lewis would take a week off and it was just James and Tom? <laughs> I replied to Jack. <laughs> I replied to Jack and said, who would show you? ever. I said, I replied to Jack and said, who would you want to be the host? Because I knew, because you that's typically something that you would ask, wouldn't it? Like you would immediately come back to that. And he put James, although I don't see the need to put much emphasis on this. As long as there's a rough list of talk topics to talk about, it's just two guys discussing. So clearly people want me off this podcast, which is a <laughs> strange turn of events. <laughs> <laughs> really come out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, I tell you, no one wants that hosting job. It's, it's, it's a tough old... It's a tough I'm going to say this. <sighs> Go on, I'm going to say... It. Why don't you pick up some more fans while you're doing it? Mm. 
No, I've got two things to say. One of them might piss off the people and one of them might piss off you. So I don't know to just oh. fire them both out. Well, that's never stopped you before, has it? Really? <laughs> to, what, to be fair, um, p- pissing off people is not exactly one thing that you've ever no, you're, okay. uh, right. worried about. Right, James can, James can vouch for this. You're gonna, you can back me up on this. Okay. Every, like James made a joke of me wanting to host because it's control and everything. No, it's not. I've done James a massive favour by hosting because James will admit, won't you, James, you enjoy the podcast much more now. Yeah, it's a lot more easier. Yeah, um, because maybe people didn't know it, notice from listening, but James was absolutely over it towards his ending of hosting. Like, absolutely over it. And now he's turning up early for it. So seeing that, I took it on as I was like... But, and also, it made perfect sense because it was more work for me, James, hosting because... Like, again, people probably don't realise this. James did absolutely fuck all research and prep and thought into the podcast before he turned up. True story. I just turned up. Yeah, he turned up and I had to give him notes to host off of. But that was more work for me because obviously for my notes, like I've got a bit of paper beside me that says sewer circled. And I know what that means. Whereas if I obviously gave that to James, he wouldn't know what that means. So I had to like properly go in depth and be like, uh, sewer said this, talk about this, bring this up, bring this up. So like, I was effectively hosting, but the behind the scenes hoster and just James was like the face of it. And it, it got to a point where I realized that that was just a bit like, that was ridiculous because I was basically like, why would I put in the work to make this special document for James? And I not just any credit. So no, now no, you can host I, it and get the credit. Well, no, because and I, I, was just, <laughs> and I was just like, I was just like, I'm putting in, I'm, it was taking me an, an extra 45 minutes to an hour a week. And I was like, well, I'll just host it and I can... Like Control. today, no, 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 don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> I, I like, let's be honest. You struggled to bring up talking points and things because you didn't know. Whereas, but you can talk about motocross quite easily, but it helps you when I say to you, James, Hurling said this at the weekend. What do you think about this? And then you're quite fine. But if you're the person who has to come up with that thing, you struggle because obviously you don't, you're not in it as much as me, which is perfectly fine. But that's why we just together, side by side, made the decision for me to host. Lewis it's not been a, me. No, that's the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis did bully me. <laughs> First, he gonna... hurt my feelings, and uh, then when I was at my lowest of low, he took it away from me. Um, and I've taken on hosting at a bad time, to be honest, because I obviously took it on just as the races started. So now everyone's like, oh, it's so talking about racing. It wasn't like this when James hosted. It would be like this now if James was hosting. The difference is not that I'm hosting. The difference is, and I sound angry. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. It's fine. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm just sound angry because I'm being passionate. The difference is, Angry. we did for six months, we did podcasts which were basically l- barely motocross podcasts. There was nothing to talk about, so it was just very loose and like going with the wind. Naturally, the GPs have started and there's a lot to talk about at the moment. So at the moment, there's a lot of racing talk. As the GPs go on, less happens, riders get injured, it becomes more of like, a, well, he's obviously going to win and he's obviously going to win. Obviously, that goes away. But we're at the beginning of the season. There's naturally going to be a lot of racing talk and motocross talk. So I'm sorry, but I'm trying to. I'm just, I've got a lot, I'm, I'm making plans for this podcast. I'm trying to make it the best it can be because now we've got an active host at the helm instead of a passive host who just sits in his chair and waits for a document to turn up in his lap and the mic to be turned on. So uh, <laughs> if you are all listening to that and just wondering where this is going, <laughs> I will have my own podcast show soon called MX Vice Let's Make It Fun Show. 
No, but it's true. Like I, after someone comment, someone tweeted last week. Someone tweeted us last week saying, "Oh, it's less fun now." Lewis is hosting. So I went back and listened to Round Three's podcast after 2020 Round Three that year, <laughs> and it was the same. You hosted. And it was the same thing. It was a very long podcast where we were just absolutely smashing through race, what happened at the race, because there was so much to talk about. Whereas by the time we got to the last round last year, there was obviously less to talk about, and it was more just like a back to being a bit looser. So we'll get there. We'll get there. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, my co-host on my new show is Piney Phillips. And, oh, really? Uh, I thought you'd take Tom, because that seems to be what the people want. No, in there it's going to be myself, Piney Phillips, and Dougie the Dog. Okay, well, that brings us nicely into our next question. A- Aston139. Lewis, why do you give James such a hard time? People, <laughs> for the love of God. <laughs> this is so true. Why, Lewis? Why? No, no, I'm not having that from you. I was just, you know, minding my own business for straight. 70 <laughs> shows, no. roosting, and then all of a sudden you free a dummy out of the pram, said, I'm taking my ball and off to play another game. No, listen to me. For five years... All you have done every single time I talk to you, see you, and I'm around you is rip the piss out of me. <laughs> I guess people don't see that, but people in the MXGP paddock have. And also, I don't feel like, I feel like we both, I feel like you give me some on this podcast and I give you some. Yeah. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one seems to care. I said it last week. No one seems to care about you. You started this show in your introduction by saying I have autism. That was your introduction to the show. It's not taking the piss if it's true. It's not true. But I don't understand why. Where's the Lewis supporters who want to like, like back me up? Poor Lewis. Listen, I, I, my, my middle daughter has autism. I, I can just, I just know when people have got autism. It's like an autism magnet now. Well, uh... if James comes to a GP, he rips the piss out of me nonstop privately. And then the second we're around a rider or someone, he continues to rip the piss out of me nonstop. And I just stand there quietly. They this find po- it funny. Exactly. Well, this is also a reason why riders aren't on this podcast yet, because James can't control himself. <laughs> uh, it's called fun. <laughs> uh, what's a wagon? <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. I'm trying my bloody best. Oh, I don't have it anymore, do I? Wait, what do I have? To be fair, Lewis is trying to be the professional person. And keep no, but I'm not trying to be professional. There's just and racing. The happy. No, I just wanted to. I, we can have like we still have our little loose conversations and Go stuff. Go on, say it. We can have fun. <laughs> <laughs> We still have our little loose conversations and stuff about things, but at the moment, there's racing. Like, there's racing to talk about at the moment. We've got to cover the, like, that's why I've, like, I'm, I'm knee deep in paperwork at the moment to go to the Netherlands. I'll, if we're just going to talk about you ripping the piss out of me, then we'll just, I'll put our paperwork to the side and I'll have a lay in this weekend. See, the fun, Lewis, would be said, I'm balls deep in paperwork, not knee. Oh. I don't have a sound for this. <laughs> what about the guy screaming? Oh, because that's uh, it's not, we're not on a planet motor bombshell yet, although I feel like this would have been a great bombshell. Um, hold on. What do I have? I'm trying. I'm like. This, to be fair, this was the music for uh, the OSGP nearly. This, to be fair, people, 
Thank you to everyone. I have had. I am. I am kind of joking. There's a lot he's, of people who have emailed me and said the podcast is like much better now. And he's like, trying to get you. sympathy. No, no, no. There has genuinely been people who have emailed me and said the podcast is much better now. And like, it's there really good. Three, three people. <laughs> well, there's only been three people who have said you're better as a host. But <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. But people don't really like. I, I, I am confused why people say that I'm so hard on you on this podcast because I feel like you are just as hard on me, if not harder. No. Not at all. I'm, I'm really nice to you and supportive. I feel like maybe you've become more supportive lately, but let's rewind to the podcast last year. I feel like it was quite bad. But anyway, I'm like, I'm, I, I, like if, I'm, I guess we'll have to, at the next election, you can vote me out if you like, people. No, it's okay, Lewis. We're happy with the, with the content and the format. It's fine. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. Let, you're going to get lots of messages this week telling you what a great job you're doing. I highly doubt it. No one, no one sends me nice messages. Oh, look, he is super efficient <laughs> now. Look at him. <laughs> 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 oh, I don't know where to go from here. Right, that's MX Boy Show episode 76. <laughs> oh, look forward to the James and Tom show next week when neither of them will be at the GP. <laughs> it's going to be the Lewis show. <laughs> It's going to be oh. me with my ball. All right, next question. <laughs> wow. Maybe that gets edited out. Maybe it doesn't. We'll see. <laughs> At Braden underscore 212. If a star racing team, crew, bike, and riders jump over to MXGP for a season, where do they finish? I'm guessing this goes to, I'm guessing this is kind of hinting at the idea of they're so dominant in 250s in America. Would they jump over here and be dominant in MX2? I'm guessing, I don't, think this, I don't think this is mentioning 450s. I think this is more talking about 250s. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Uh, do you think Cooper would be winning MX2 and GPs at the moment on his exact bike program, everything, like copy and pasted? Take out the whole European adjustment to it, like literally just a copy and paste, like the star racing program dropped into Europe. I don't know. You've got to be hard-pressed to beat those Rebel KTMs and Tom Vial. I don't know. I don't know. I, it would be very, very close. He'd very be top. Close. He'd be top two. He'd be. Oh he'd yeah, be Vial and him. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but whether he's got beaten a Vial on GP tracks, nah, no. Um, but there again, would Vial have the beating of him on American outdoor tracks? Um, I'm not sure about that. Mm. I just think they're both very, very good athletes and. Um, obviously are doing very, very well in, in respective championships. Um, I've I, I got to say that uh, maybe Vial would be second to him in America and, and vice versa if it was uh, Cooper over in, in GPs. Hmm. Well, no, no. Vial wouldn't be second in the outdoors in America. Jet would be ahead of him. But, um, and Hunter probably as well. At Aaron Lewis, 225 said, Tomac looks like a slippery fish out of water in the first motos, but the second motos, he looks like a champ. What's your opinion? Uh, a couple of clicks, to, according to Tomac. Um, um, did you miss the slippery fish comment? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a few people messaged me about slippery fish last week. I did have a little chuckle to myself. Well, I googled it afterwards. Of course you It did. seems like it's a West Sussex thing, which is strange. I found... I found a Google uh, thread on like a question forum thing 
where someone was like, oh, I call plastic wallets slippery fishes and no, everyone thinks I'm crazy. I'm from West Sussex. And I was like, oh, bloody hell, is it just literally my area that call it slippery fishes? Was that, was that a teacher? What kind of talk? No, just, no, it's not. It wasn't a one-person thing. Like in school, the plastic, sl- I don't know what you'd call it, a plastic sleeve, a plastic wallet, the thing you put the thing in to go in a yeah, binder. Basically to protect it, yeah. Yeah, everyone calls it a slippery fish here. But, which is weird because it doesn't look like a fish. Yeah, but it's slippery. I wouldn't really say slippery. Well, when you're as clumsy as me, everything's slippery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure, but Tomac basically said... Um, oh, you're two, about to that. Two clicks. Uh, who knows? Um, yeah, it's very odd. Very, um, very odd. Yeah, odd, but also I'd say quite encouraging because obviously there was a lot of talk before about whether Tomac's just a guy now. Um, no one was sure what Yamaha were quite getting with Tomac. Like, is he going to be a championship winner for them or is that gone? So I think if you're Yamaha and you're Tomac, you're looking at his second motos and you're saying, okay, clearly he can still be the fastest rider in this class week after week after week, talking consecutive second motos. So if you're Yamaha, you're like, sweet, we're getting a good Tomac then. Crack on, this is going to be good. Like, I'd imagine this is, in, although it must be frustrating, like the dud first motos, I'd imagine this is very encouraging for all involved. This would be more frustrating if he was going after a title at the moment, but he's basically out of it. So look into the future. This is encouraging. I think the word from Yamaha would be relief. I'd say so. <laughs> they can't be relieved after stomp, stamping out all that money. And up all that final money. question, at Aston139, he's, he's got another normal question. Uh, cool. What was your favourite season for race action? Hmm. I I gotta I gotta be honest, and I gotta say, uh, I believe it was was it what was the year Villapoto came over? Was it fifteen? Yeah, fifteen. Fifteen. For me, that it, it was fifteen, just because of the hype of him coming in and in him versus Caroli. Um, I don't think anything has got me as excited as that. Uh, up to this year with um, the three-way of, of what I thought was going to be with Hurlins, Geyser, and Prado, but it's not kind of worked out like that yet. And, and in a way, it's kind of gone to a four-way because like, obviously it's Caroli, Hurlins, uh, Geyser, uh, Prado. So I, I think this year, um, it's just a little bit of COVID just holding it back a little bit with just this, you know, with what's going to be going on this year. But i got to say, that that season 15 when we turned up to Qatar and we didn't know what to expect. And um, yeah, that was, that was great. What, yeah. what, what about you, Lewis? 15 for like pre-season height, but it didn't turn out that way, obviously. So I wouldn't count 15 because by round eight, what we were excited about had completely died off completely. So Oh, no, completely. But then you, you had Fevre who kind of like came out of nowhere. And won the World Championship. Yeah, but he also had a 100-point lead by, like, round 12. So, like, it kind of died, like, it kind of just, like, simmered down an insane amount. So, over the course of an entire season, I will go 2005 again. I've said it many times. 2005, with a nod to the following 2006 Supercross season. Uh, 2006 MXGP was a bit dull, but 2005 as a whole, MXGP, America, everything, like the whole racing motocross, supercross thing was my favorite. And then add on 2006 supercross as an extension to that. 2005 and 2006 supercross were, the, were 
bloody amazing. Oh, 2011 Supercross as well. 2011 Supercross was bloody amazing. Do you, what, what do you think is because of that? Do you think of the caliber of riders or the personalities or a mixture of both? Just depends, doesn't it? Like, just the way it shakes out. You either get good racing or you don't. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's meant to work, like that 2015 MXGP season, and it just doesn't. 2006, Reed, Carmichael, Stewart, obviously those are big names and those will add up to like an exciting picture. But the best thing was they went into the final round separated by two points, all three of them. So like that, it was that close all year long. And that's, that's like, what more can you ask for? It doesn't matter if it's Jim, Bill and Peter. That's amazing. I don't um, know those guys. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like same as 2005. Like 2005, MXGP, Everts kind of ran away with it a little bit early on. But then when Coppins and Townley got on a roll in the middle of the season and won four rounds in a row between them, Townley won two and then Coppins won two, all one ones, things started tightening up and it was suddenly like, oh, is Coppins finally going to do it? Why is Everts losing points? Is ta- this new Townley kid in the 450s, is he going to win first time out? Like it was, it was very getting very exciting. Um, so that's why. I'd really, I want to do a podcast about reviewing the 2005 season. Do it. Yeah, I'm going to do that at some point this year. I need to ask, um, I need to ask, I keep meaning to ask him, but I want to ask Adam Wheeler because obviously he was covering it at that point. So I want, to, uh, I want to do a podcast with him where I ask him my questions as the 10-year-old who was watching it about 2005 MXGP. Do you think it'd be cool to get the riders on there as well? Well, Coppins and Townley are in New Zealand, so that's already a difficult idea. Yeah. Well, not actually there in person. I mean, <laughs> actually, like on, on, on the call. It's oh, amazing. Right. They've got this thing, like what we're doing at the moment, but you can extend it like further than England. Oh. Yeah, shocking. Thanks for your input on that. I will bear that in mind. Thank you for no your worries. constructive feedback. That's what I'm here for. Well, that has been a very roller coaster ride for Liat. Ask Vice anything. Um, I'll take this opportunity to remind you once again that Liat, known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www liat.com and yeah uh, head over to at official liat on instagram they are currently running a competition to win a set of liat neck, uh, knee braces so run over there and get it done yeah the liat x-frame hybrid knee braces you've just got to click the link in their bio and then you'll uh, get taken to the competition page so act fast thanks to liat for bringing you that segment let's see here uh, let's go to an advert. Let's go to another advert. So that was part two of the MXY show, episode number 76, presented by Technical Touch. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sue and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit technical-touch dot com slash kyb hyphen authorized with a z hyphen dealer to find an authorized kyb by technical touch dealer in your country take your ride to the next level why don't you and yeah as mentioned on that website there is a map with everything you could need to find kyb by technical touch 
authorized dealers in your country. There is even Gravity Group Chili. For all of our Chilean listen, listeners, all of our cold listeners who are a bit chilly. There is Cruise Tune Suspension in Australia. I know there are a lot of you Australians out there, so there's that. There's many options. So yeah, go and check that out. Go and check that one out. That's been part two. I'm Lewis Phillips. That's James Burfield. We will be back in two minutes for to wrap up the show. Episode number 76. Stay with us. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 76 of the MX Vice Show podcast. We are wrapping things up in this final part, which is presented to you by Prox Performance Parts. The final part of the MX Vice Show is brought to you by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. And obviously, once again, we'd like to thank Fly Racing. You'll see the Hitachi KTM fueled by Milwaukee riders in their gear and the Formula Helmet. Liat F&H riders using that, as well as the TBS KTM team in the EMX 250. Planet Motor Holidays, we all want to go to Spain. We all want to ride in Spain. Planet Motor Holidays, that's the place to do that. Prox Racing Parts, are you factory? No? You want to be factory? Yeah? You need Prox Performance Parts. It's that simple. Prox, uh, have you covered no matter what your bike is, what model, year, make, any of that? Yeah. Easiest advancement you can make to your machine. Technical Touch and KYB, we just spoke about those. No matter where you are in the world, there will be an authorized dealer near you to get factory suspension. Even strokes, James Burfield is here. MXGP TV, you're going to need that this weekend because OS is on. Backyard Design UK, Tommy Sell, there you go. Asterix knee braces, Armour Nutrition. Conrad Muse is actually an athlete for them as well, as, as well as fly racing. And Blenzel Oils, who are making a real push in the world of motocross and a resurgence of sorts. How are you doing, James? Uh, doing fine, thanks, Lewis. Doing fine. I'm actually just brushing up on my MX manager team. Oh, would you like us to do that right now, then, seeing as you are brushing up on it right now? 
Yeah, I've um, I've just been uh, studying some prices, looking at kind of the track this week, and just thinking who would sit in nicely. Okay, well, um, so uh, when you're listening to this, the prices for round four of MXGP are online. Uh, new prices, as always, you can't pick the riders you had last round. So they're off the table, and the new prices for every rider have been uploaded. Just to bear in mind, Oss is a sandy track. It's not Lommel, and it's not even Latvia. It's got quite a hard base, and it's actually got some elevation as well. So, and it's quite tight. So it's, it's going to be quite slow. It's going to be quite technical. And it's not going to be Lommel. So don't go into this expecting a full-blown, the sandiest GP of the year. Obviously, it's still going to be sandy, probably similar to Volkenswald on a hot day. But those who struggle in sand, it maybe won't shine through as much here as it will do in Lommel in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, and also, I'd like to take this opportunity to congratulate, let's see here, Team Fiddlesticks, the winner of round one of MX Manager. Birth Mania, Lewis Sucks, the winner of round two of MX Manager. Great name. And Sophia, or Sophia, Sophia Racing 34, the winner of round three of MX Manager. So thanks to those guys for playing and congratulations to them on such a strong start. They've clearly, they're clearly off to doing well. So that's great to see. Great to see. And uh, just for your information, the current top five in the championship are Danielle 107 from the United Kingdom, SpaceX Factory Racing from Spain in second, Rick Van uh, from Sweden in third, Two Stroker from Germany in fourth, Team 16114-5940 from France in fifth. And then in sixth, we have Lewis Phillips bringing it up the rear. So, James, who do you like to look off for Oss? Uh, first of all, who can't you pick? Mm. Uh, in my team, I cannot pick in MXGP. I cannot pick Jimmy Clochet, Jeffrey Hurlins, or Monticelli. To be honest, I probably wouldn't have gone with Herlins anyway. Eight point two million. Yeah, like you won't. You're not. You probably wouldn't have gone with Clochet, and I, like losing out on Monticelli isn't that big of a loss. So I don't think that's gonna. I think you've you you've uh, played the strategy quite well there. I think you're doing quite fine heading into Oss. Thank you, Phillips. Uh, MX two. I am. I've got free reign as I never chose any riders last week. Okay. Uh, do you want me? Should I quickly run through who I can't pick? Sure. Okay. Uh, let me just empty my team quickly so that I can have a clear look at who is unavailable to me. I, too, went with a heavy MXGP team last week, which was Adam Sterry. I can't pick him. Brent Van Donick, I can't pick him. Henry Jacoby, I can't pick him. Evo Monticelli, I can't pick him. And then I had one MX2 rider, Alessandro Manaki, and I cannot pick him. Well, that's bad because Brent Van Donick and... Uh, Adam Sterry, that track's going to favour those guys, I think, quite a bit. Yeah, and but there are... 2.8 and 3.6 million. I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm sure I can find another steal in here. Yeah, I think there's some good... There's some good, there's some good riders. Do you want to start with MX2 or, M- or MXGP? Uh, let's start with MXGP. Okay. Uh, well, I like Adam Sterry, 2.8 million. I think that's... You'll get some good points back on that one. Um, I probably... Usland might be... Oh, expensive. Yeah, it's 3 million. I'm not sure what the return is. But there again, if he goes 12-12... Yeah, but I don't think you can bank on Usland doing that. That's risky. 
Jazakonis, we still know he's not ready, but he's only a million. Um, Brent Van Donick, 3.6. You know he's going to do well. He's probably raced that track quite a few times. And the same's got to be said for Bogers at 2.2. That's not a bad shout. I think Bogers would be my number one pick, my number one recommended pick at 2.2. He hasn't been great so far, but there's definitely more to come. And why not this weekend? The weekend off probably would have done him uh, a few favours as well. So he would be my number one pick at 2.2 million. Yeah, 2.2 million. I think after Bogers, I'd probably go Nathan Watson, which is 1.2 million. Um, yeah, he hasn't been in a point since Russia, but it is sand. It is sand. And I don't think there are any... I don't think there's a better place uh, to put your 1.2 million. Like, of all the cheap riders, I think Nathan Watson is far and away the best option. Yeah. Just looking at this now, um, Olsen at 4 million? Nah, he's had a... I wouldn't... I would stay away. Although that's quite tempting at that price, he's had a rough couple of weeks. Simpson at 3.2 is interesting. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. I think he'll do very well. Petrov at 600,000. Maybe he'll get a point. Like, you just can't, if you're paying 600,000, you're really just hoping for one point and then you'll just take it. Strybos at 3.4. I can see him being 11th to 14th, which is yep. just fine for 3.4. 3.4. Tixier, 2 million. That's, that's, a, that's good. That's in the Bogus category of a highly recommended pick, yeah. I think. Bo- Bogus and Tixier, I think they're going to be on a lot. Of, I'd love to see what the percentages of, of um, people that have chosen um, Bogus. But then the problem is. Tixier didn't score any points at Matali and he didn't even race Majora. So it's kind of like you are heading it, you are you are entering the unknown a little bit. You are. Uh, he didn't race Majora because he was at the German Championship, not because he was injured. And obviously Guillo was at a Swiss GP and he's returned. At uh, the Swiss Championship. Is he at Swiss Championship again? No, 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 you said he was at the Swiss GP. Oh, sorry, yeah, Swiss Championship, yeah. Apologies. MX2-wise, Bastian Bodam at 2.6 is a great pick. Um, he had a rough time in Majora, so his price has come down, but he's a really good sand rider. Is this MX2? Yep. Yep. Bashetti at 1 million. He's wild. He's erratic. You never quite know. But maybe he can keep it on two wheels for a couple of points. He didn't manage it in Majora, and that's obviously a better track for him than Os, but at 1 million, if you've got the money spare, then maybe it's worth just having a punt. I, I would go, actually, Lewis, um, you skipped across him as Ashton Dickinson at 1.6. Great Sam Ryder. Yeah, but he didn't score any points at Majora. Mm, yeah, but I think he'll do well at um, Os. Isaac Gifton, 3.2 million. That's a good pick. That, uh, he should be a lot healthier now as well, so I think that's worth it. I think a lot of people would stay away from him based on his recent results, but he has to come good at some point, and this may be the weekend. Um, who can forget Lommel last year? He was second in a moto. Also, that is a thing to consider. So we've got Oss this weekend, Lockett the week after, and then Lommel. So everyone you pick this weekend, you won't be able to pick at Lockett, but you will have available for Lommel. So it actually works out quite nicely where you can have all of your sand ducks in a row. Yeah. But also, but bear that in mind, because you don't want to be left in a position where you've got to pick a sand guy. You don't want to be picking Nathan Watson for Lockett and then not being able to pick him for Lommel, because that's just dumb. Yeah. Comrade, 2.7. No, oh, it's tempting, but who knows? He's good. He should be good. Like, room to make... 
even if he gets terrible starts, um, there's room to make passes on a soundtrack, more so than Majora and Matley with how they were prepped. So that's promising. I'd, it's risky, but at that price, it's, it's quite tempting, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I do like the price of is for 2.4 million, Mikhail Harrop. Yeah, but again, he hasn't really done much anymore. Like, it can come good, but will it? You know? Yeah. I think he's one of those guys that you're just waiting. It's going to be one week where he's going to put in that result, and it, I just don't know whether it's going to be this week. Above him, Michael Sandner at 1.8 isn't a bad pick. Not great in sand, though, is he? Even though his name is Sand. Well, I couldn't remember if he was what way round it was. If no, he was he's good on hard pack and bad in sand? Or yeah, he's, Aus- he's Austrian. He's from Austria. Oh, yeah, of course. yeah. Rene Hoffer, 4.8. He's that's, handy in the sand. That's a good shout, I think. If you're going to get maximum points, I can see him go in, say, 4-4. Four, four. I, w- I could actually see him go 4-3 for a podium. And then the big one, and you'll have to pay attention to practice for this, Tom Viao at 4 million. Yeah, which Tom Viao are you going to get? All I would recommend is that you watch practice, uh, see how many laps he does. If he does two laps, then you know he's saving himself and he's hurting. If he does 10 laps, then you know that he is kind of like acting normal. Um, and then also look at the session analysis and see how many fast laps he did. Because same thing. If he does one fast lap, you know he's just limping through. If he does two or three, then you know he's actually charging and trying to get the best out of the day. But that is okay. a definite... So that- so that's a nice strategy for um, the riders um, if you're going to spread your money. Now, if you're going to pick one or two, or, or if you're going to pick one rider in MX2 and MXGP who uh, is, say, over 5 million, uh, who would you go for? Um, uh, let me do do MXGP first. Okay. Well, I'd go hurling. Actually, I don't know, because that's quite expensive. I'd yeah. probably go... I'd probably go less. I'd probably go for Sewer at six. Yeah, Sewer is a good shot at six. Because that's still, you could have Sewer and Vial. Yeah. And that could turn out really good. That that's actually, that is actually, I might just do that. Sewer and Vial could be very good. But also, it could be quite bad. Van Horbeek at five. Now, that's not bad. No, not based on what he did in Majora. No. For sure. And with Sand, you know he's going to do, do well. Prado at seven, is that a bit too much? I mean, who else would you get for three? Oh, I, I tell you what, what about Paul's Jonas for 6.5? Yeah, I was going to say Paul's Jonas to begin with, and then I, my eye last minute saw Sewer at slightly cheaper at six. Yeah. I think Jonas or, I think Jonas or Sewer are perfectly good picks because you can still move around them quite easily, whereas if you get hurlings, you don't really have much room to maneuver so far. Uh, I mean, elsewhere. And if you look at the points from the previous round, the winner had 81 points. So if Hurlings goes out and wins both motors and gets you 50, that isn't enough. You need more. So yeah, you need 31 points from somewhere. You do, need to spread your, you do need to spread your budget around a bit. But that's where, if Sewer goes 6-6 for 30 points, and Bial goes uh, 3-3 for 40 points, that's 70 points, and that would have put you fifth at Majora. Now, Obviously, who knows if Vial's going to be able to do that, and also same with Sewer, but I'd say the chances are quite good. Also, there could be a lot of people picking the same riders. Um, 
So that's going to be an interesting take um, on points uh, after next week. All I would uh, I'd just quickly urge everyone as well to remember that to win prizes, you need to basically take that MX Manager link and add forward slash premium on the end, and then you'll get taken to the sign-up page to win prizes. There are £400 worth of vouchers available every round, with, and you have to pay a £12 fee per season to be eligible to win. So you could end up winning £2,000 worth of vouchers for £12. So it's worth it. It's, it's worth definitely it. worth it. Look, if you look at the odds, uh, in a moment, there's uh, a thousand players. Um, is it a thousand players playing? Something like that? Uh, just over. Just over. Uh, I don't know what the... Uh, I think there's probably only around about, was it 500 paying, paying people? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked. Yeah, I think we had a carryover from last year as well. Um, so the odds are really, really good. Um, and I think we've given out, is it two and a half thousand pounds worth of vouchers so far? Uh, 400, 800, no, 1,200. 1,200 quid, yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so right now, my team, I, I could be very tempted to go for Sewer and Vial, but right now, my team is Brian Bogers, Nathan Watson, Tom Vial, and Bastian Bodam. Ooh, okay. I would... Uh, I, I like uh, Dickinson for 1.6 and... Conrad Muse for 2.7. Um, I'm probably going to spread my bets rather than going uh, big into one rider. Um, those are going to be my two picks from, from MX2. I'd probably uh, put Tom Viao on the back burner, depending on what he qualifies like. Uh, so I'd probably go the two British guys. Um, and then I'll probably go, hmm, maybe I'll make an all-English all and put Simpson in there for 3.2. I'm oh, highly likely to end up with Sewer and Vial the more I think about it. And, ch- and chuck a Watson in there and have four English riders. Um, I do like Tixie for two. Mm, it's a difficult one. But then Boger's 2.2 as well. You could pick up quite a few points there. But there again, if there's ever a time to shine, and if he got the start, I quite fancy Watson at 5.8 million. That's not a bad shout. Yeah, but you could have Watson and Vial. You haven't really got much room else for anything else at that point. No, you haven't. True. Difficult one. Good prices this week. But um, also... you. Good prices, but you can't do too much. That's kind of the idea. Yeah, yeah, difficult. Because last year it was just basically you could have whoever you wanted, and you just slapped them around and had a jolly old time. Mm-hmm. You've actually no got jolly old time here. No, we've taken. I've taken yeah. the fun out of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no fun in the podcast. There's no fun in MX Manager. <laughs> Welcome to the Lewis Show. Next, um, I'll be visiting James's home to take all not. of the fun out of that. I hope not. Um, yeah, I I like Dickinson in uh, in Muse, um, four point three million, and then I've got um, five point seven in MXGP, which could be, could be, could be, Bogus. I wonder what Bogus and Brent Van Donick might do. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think this might actually uh, take a pen and paper. <laughs> this, well, is how, a lot this, how much effort, this is how much effort I'm going to have to go into this week rather than just picking a couple of people. Uh, before we move on, where are you in the championship? Actually, I'm not doing too bad. Um, well, I'm sixth, and I can see you're not ahead of me. No, no, uh, not ahead of you. However, um, hold on, let me go back to mine. I have a total of 146 points. Uh, the last round, I had 54 points. So, in the leaderboards, 2021... It says at the top. I'm 132nd. There we go. I'm sixth uh, with 191 points. Yeah, okay, well, uh, I'm only sort of 40-plus points behind you, that's it. Oh. So, before sort of you play start... For. Yes, before you start sort of, you know, thinking you, you've, you've made it. I don't uh, think I've made it. Far from it. Yeah, I'm... Um, Basically 50 points behind. Well, 40-something. 40, 40 so uh, look at WGP21 from the United Arab Emirates. Anyway, uh, remember that the picks close when gates drop on MX2 Moto1 on Sunday. So you've got until then to make your decisions. Remember to go premium for £12. There's a little button at the bottom of your team selection page, as well as mxwise.com slash mx-manager slash premium. Um, and then you can do that as well. Right, moving on. Bombshell of the week. We've, we've, we've kind of missed a couple of Planet Motor Bombshell of the weeks because we thought the same bigger might be coming. Uh, it hasn't. So what have you got for us? Well, uh, I'm still in MX Manager mode and I've just found a team called Up The Birth. Uh, uh, I found some... Uh, there's another team here called Billy Big Balls and uh, a couple of uh, ones which stand out, Tank Slappers and Nip Slips. I quite like that one as well. So um, uh, Rusty Van Wilnuts is still doing quite well, uh, 51st. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Milky Goats. Uh, there we go. Some great names here. I think we should have like a prize for the, the best names. Uh, I don't think so. Really? Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week, what have you got for us? That'd be too much fun, wouldn't it? Well, uh, just a bit childish. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week would be... Max Anstey didn't get that 7.5. Okay, that's coming up in the Blenzel Performance of the Week, so we'll get to that. Your Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week? Uh, would be that Oz would be was going to be cancelled literally three days before. Okay, um, okay. Can you beat that? That is your Planet Moto bombshell of the week. That, has, really? that one has no... What? Really? You chose my bombshell of the week that Oss was going to be cancelled three days before. Well, I kind of feel like I've dropped so many bombshells that we decided not to pull the trigger on. That I should have just... I should have gone when I had them, but I don't have any now. Uh, Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, especially for the 2021 slash 2022 winter season. But availability is going fast, uh, very fast, in fact. So head over to planetmoto.co or the Planet Moto Holidays Facebook page to secure your spot to ride some of the best tracks in Europe in the sun in January, February, wherever you want to. And yeah, don't miss out on the opportunity of a lifetime at Planet Motor Holidays. And remember that there is also the Planet Motor Academy. So if you're looking for a little extra prep heading into the new season, 
uh, link up with those guys and there's a lot of there's a motocross specific gym there's lots going on over there so visit planetmoto.co to learn more Renzel performance of the week predicted uh, last week I said Tomac 1-1 that was a miss you said Max 5-7 that was a miss nil points to anyone again which is, seems to be a theme with this which it's not really going very well but we move on yeah that wasn't a good uh, that wasn't a good showing was it what uh, it was quickly came apart when Max's bike was um, uh, broken. What do you have for us for a Blenzel performance of the week predicted this time around? Heading into Oss or Millville? Hmm. Okay. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, and I don't know if he's got a podium before, but you would be able to tell us that. But I kind of see. Hoffer going 4-3 for a podium, third overall. Uh, would that be his first podium? Yeah, that would be. But he's been there or thereabouts on occasion. Obviously, he's not even done that many GPs. Oh, okay. So you, um, would you not accept that? No, I would accept it. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just talking about how likely it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, but he has been around there at points, but he hasn't really done that many GPs. So, like, there's no real evidence to go off of. But he, has, he will get there eventually, so maybe it'll happen this weekend. Mine will be. I don't know if you accept this. Okay. Prado, top two overall. Hmm. Considering no podium so far. Okay, I accept that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was I, gonna. It's not a shocker because it's definitely coming. But okay, we we accept it. What are you going to say, like a 2-1 a, a or a 2-2, uh, 2-3? 2-2, 2-3, 1-2, whatever, either or. Uh, top two overall, obviously I'm thinking that Hurlings will win, but that, uh, our, place, our place Prado in there in second place. S- which would make, so basically you see either guys or Hurlings finishing third. That is uh, a, that no, is just, uh, that's predict- actually, a, yeah, well, I'll take that because that's quite interesting. My, no, my prediction for this weekend would be Hurlings, Prado, Oh, Hurlings Ooh, Prado. Really? Hurlings Prado. Geyser Caroli. Or Caroli Geyser, I can't decide. Wow. So you, you actually think Geyser might even end up fourth overall? Well, it's not that much of a shock. He was fifth in Majora. Hmm. Or wherever he was. Fifth, sixth, fourth, one load. Yeah, it's not that much of a shock. Like, it's happened. Like, Hurlings um, has been thirds and stuff. Like, not, no one's going to have a 100% podium record. No. Yeah, guys, it was seventh overall in Majora. Like, I, I mean, I know it ranged and stuff, but... That was a like, bad weekend. It's that not like anyone's weekend. invincible and is going to be on the podium every week. Like, no. I, would, I would bet I'd probably have Hurlings off the podium at Lockett the following week. The, the guys' result was, I think, that, that should probably have been a bombshell of the week. Because definitely didn't see that happening. Uh, but that has been your Blenzel performance of the week. Predicted. We'll see if points actually come on the board this time, which they appear to be hard to come by, but may ho. Uh, for over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Castor Oil has been a secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2022 Stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green-label Racing Castor to the 455 Ultra, or the versatile Gold label, Blenzel has you covered. 
To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow at Blenzel, that's B-L-E-N-D-Z-A-L-L on Instagram. Thanks to Blenzel for bringing us the Blenzel Performance of the Week predicted uh, segment. James. Yes. Uh, coming up this week, obviously this is episode 76 of the MXY show. The next Anstey in America episode will be after Washougal, so two weeks uh, and a couple of days. What do you have coming up on the Great British Motocross Show podcast this week? Well, um, following on from uh, the very popular uh, Barry Moore of uh, Phoenix Tools, Apico Kawasaki uh, performance, because a lot of people probably didn't know that Barry had the sudden death syndrome, uh, kind of just something which is... uh, not known, but um, uh, seems to be quite common. There's a few people with it. And, and it, his story inspired quite a few people, how he's able to run a, a business and everything else. So we thought we'd bring another team manager in, but this time from um, the AMCA Championship, which is Simon Lane. Uh, the interesting one about this, uh, Lewis, is Simon's team, LRT, they have a ridiculous... It's like a GP setup at an amateur event. So... Um, I'm I'm interested in asking him like how this came about. He's a, a multiple uh, vets champion. He's been in the sport for a long time, been in the MCA for a long time. So I've got a lot of questions um, with uh, how how AMCA's changed over the last few years, and in how come he's got such a big setup. In 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 you know, is he like you know a multimillionaire or something? Because you go there and it's it's literally like ice one. So. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a really interesting guy. Um, and it'd be interesting to uh, get his take on um, amateur level and, and how it's changing. Okay. That was the quick version. Well, was it? Jesus. Um, has the podcast <laughs> been recorded? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so, uh, the next episode of Anstey in America will be in a little over two weeks after Washougal when the uh, Luke Soil Pro Motocross Series next have their weekend off. And obviously, uh, Sunday, there will be the Fly Racing post-race podcast on the MXGP of the Netherlands. So, what are you looking forward to asking um, Max? Because obviously, uh, you know, quite a lot's happened since the last time you've done a podcast. Well, no, I only did one two rounds ago. Yeah, but kind of in, 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 in Team Hep uh, style, a lot's happened. Um, so, what are you looking forward to sort of talking to him about and asking him? Obviously, the burning question is what's happening uh, in 2022. No, we'll see. I just—it's not really that. It's not that. It's not. It's a. It's not a hard interview podcast. We will see. I will just. We'll just generally chat about the last month. It's quite relaxed. He's quite open, and we just talk about everything and moving forward and a bit of GP talk. Now he, we get him to break down the GPs a little bit. Last podcast, he broke down Matley and Russia for us. Sounds quite interesting. This podcast. Yeah, is I think it's quite interesting. I find it quite like because because I, I talk to him all the time. I kind of always whenever I go in to do the podcast, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna have to listen to stuff I've already heard over and over and over. But it's actually even interesting to me, even though I would have thought that I'd already heard it. So that yeah, not obviously it's nothing to do with me. It's just Max is interesting. I I, I don't really do anything. I just press record. But no, I find it interesting to listen. Are, to. are you nice to Max? Like you obviously because you're not nice to me. So. No, actually, I'd say that uh, I'd say that I'm not as nice to Max as you'd think. Are you not? No, no. The podcast, the podcast isn't a hard interview. It's a, it's a bit of to in and fro in. Oh, what you have a little banter with Max, do you? Just a little banter. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, maybe you should listen to it. Maybe I will. Maybe I like, will. Last time he discussed um, 
whether he discussed how he went to Nando's in Washington. Yeah. And I, I asked him what Nando's in America was like, and he said, oh, he sat in the car instead of going in. So I asked him if, he, if Millie lets him leave the car at any point, and he found that quite funny. <laughs> but yeah, so that'll be coming up later this month. But for now, uh, Great British Motocross Show on Friday and a Fly Racing Post Race Podcast on Sunday evening. I think that does us for episode 76, don't you, James? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Uh, good luck uh, trying to get into Holland this weekend, Lewis. Or I'm not going to lie. Little bit over it. The fun. <laughs> Talking about zapping the fun out of stuff. Yeah. The fun has kind of been zapped out of the whole travel process. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing they're on an ambulance, so I'm, uh, you obviously, you're obviously not going to have to um, uh, go into hiding for 10 days, are you? What, when I come back? Yeah. No, because I'm uh, vaccinated. Exempt. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, look at you. Well, and I'm exempt, but there's a new rule now which says that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to. So either way, I don't even have to say I'm exempt now. I just have to show them. Actually, that reminds me, I need to get a certificate for my vaccination before I go. Yeah, because obviously um, you're having some issues getting back into the country in the moment. Yeah, but that shouldn't be a problem now with this new vaccination rule. Do you think? Because it sounds like you're probably going to be highlighted. (laughs) Yeah, but I've got a vaccine, so it's not even a a different conversation now. I still feel that lady would probably... uh... Probably want to see your pierce marks in your arms from the what? needle. Oh, yeah, maybe some um, photographic evidence. James Burfield, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. I think, uh, and I uh, mentioned it at the start of the show, I think this weekend is super important for the MXGP championship. Yes, it's still too early, but I think we'll. Herlin's stamp is authority on the championship, or will we see Geyser go 1-1 in sand to throw it down? In MX2, all eyes are going to be on Vial. Can he rescue this year? That's going to be... Uh, if he can come back, if he can just get a podium top five, he's still in it. He's still in this championship. Those are the two things that I'm going to be uh, mostly focused on um, this weekend. Okay, good to Lewis, hear. Thank you what for about those you? final thoughts. Oh, you've caught me off guard. If I'd known that I was going to be asked, I would have thought about it. You'd have prepped, you wouldn't you? <laughs> well, no, just while you were talking, I would have given it some thought, but um, I was just thinking about how I'm going to wrap up the show. Okay, my anything, final thoughts Anything are, on pro motocross? No, my final thoughts are just, I wonder how I'm going to get into the Netherlands. Yeah, me too. That's an interesting... <laughs> That's kind of on my mind at the moment. Um... And Czech. Czech appears to be even worse, which I actually really don't know how I'm going to get into Czech. At least the good thing is when you're the Netherlands, you can drive there, so you kind of fly under the radar a little bit. Obviously flying, it's not so easy, but when you can drive, you kind of just zip under the radar without we, much we, commotion. We've drove to Czech before, both of us. I've driven, yeah, I'm not driving there again. Even your, uh, your uh, 2007 Fiesta made it to Czechoslovakia. 2005 Fiesta. 2005 Fiesta made it to Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Can't believe I did that. Yeah. Uh, do you want to know something funny? What? Uh, I found about 10 different uh, speed and fines, uh, which are in my drawer, which I haven't paid. What, from Czech? Just from the last couple of years, GPs. Two hours ago, I got a fine for not paying my toll at the Dartford Tunnel. Oh. On the, way to, on the way to uh, Majora, to Stansted, to fly to Majora, funnily enough. No, not as cool as my 158 kilometers an hour. I am... Um, I was obviously slightly preoccupied on that day and not really thinking about the pain of the toll. And that has cost me £72.50. Hmm. Yeah, there we go. 
Well, let's hope there's uh, a few people who enjoyed this podcast and let's see us surge up the Argentinian uh, podcast rankings once more. Okay, let's wrap up episode 76. Uh, this has been part three. The final part of the MXFI show was brought to you by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. And of course, we would like to thank Fly Racing. Exciting 2022 stuff coming from those guys very soon. Liat, similar uh, 2022 stuff coming soon. Planet Motor Holidays, get yourself to Spain, ride some of the best tracks in Europe. Why not? Much cheaper than going to America and doing it. And you're not even allowed to do that at the moment. So Spain is where it's at. Technical Touch and KYB get factory suspension for your bike in your country, close to home. Even Strokes, James Burfield's on this podcast. MXGP TV, sign in this weekend. Watch the MXGP of the Netherlands. Backyard Design UK, Tommy Sell's an ambassador. So Tommy Sell. Asterix knee braces, Tim Geyser uses them. Armour Nutrition, Conrad Muse uses it as well as Adam Cincerello, Chad Reed, Nick Way, Cameron McAdoo, and more, and Blenzel Oils, who you'll hear a lot more from in the coming months as they continue their surge up in the industry of motocross after a little hiatus. That has been episode 76 of the MX Vice Show. Thank you to you people for listening. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you to you, James Burfield, for sitting in on the whole show. Thank you, Lewis, for hosting and doing an absolutely magnificent job. I'm very, very appreciative of the work that you put in behind the scenes. Thank you to Tom Neal for doing the first part. I've been Lewis Phillips. This has been episode 76. We will be back with MXGP of the Netherlands talk in seven days' time. See ya. Bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, Visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label Racing Caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.